Good Company. Honest and transparent conversations between two good mates on an entrepreneurial journey together. Join Lisa Cordoff and myself, Carly Nimmo, while we explore what it means to create, grow and keep good company. Life and business is better when you're keeping good company. So, Lisa and I usually record a stack of eps together and it kind of got to school holidays and we were empty in the can. And we thought, what could we do that's a bit different, shake things up a bit? And so Lisa spoke to her mentor, James Wedmore, which you've already heard. And I, at the same time, synchronistically reconnected with my writing coach, who I met back in March 2017 um, through the randomest of, of experiences. So much fun. So much fun. So I thought we would start just by kind of talking about how we met Emily. And actually, maybe we'll start just if you want to tell us a bit about what it is that you actually do, and then we'll dive into how we met. That sounds fabulous. Yes. So I am Emily Tamayo Maher. I uh, run a program called The Meaning Method. So I'm an author coach, a book coach, a writing coach, and I help people take their stories and write the books they're meant to write. And I think it's important because sometimes when you're taking on those emotional stories that you really can contribute to the to the world because there's so much power behind them, that's when you kind of need someone to to help you get that out and help you know the way forward and also coach you and coax you through the vulnerable uh, process of being really honest and authentic. Totally. And at the time where we met, I had written, I think I'd written maybe about 13,000 words of my yes. book. And I'd really just smack bang hit into myself hardcore. And then there you were in a random Facebook group, uh, the B-School Woo Woo Crew. And, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and you were posting that you were thinking of, I can't even remember what the post was. You were thinking about running a program and you wanted some people to kind of test your stuff out on. Exactly. And I was like, oh my God, like you, what you had explained in the post was pretty much exactly me. (laughs) So I just kind of said, hey, I think you're talking to me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And from both sides, that was so funny because I mean, that was a while ago. That was well over a year ago now. And when I look back at that time, it was a moment when I was just in a pinch. I was being overworked. I was running a business and doing all these things. And it's so funny because it's in those moments that I just decided to reach out. And I think I wrote a post uh, that was something along, um, write the book you you're really feel you're meant to write. Write the book from your heart. And that's how I just called out. That later became my tagline. But for this program, I myself was in a moment when I just didn't know what to do next. I kind of came out, I I got quiet, I did a little meditation, and then I just did that one inspired action and connected with these lifelong friends. Yeah. We, we worked on that book. And, and so, yeah, sometimes you just got to take action when, when you don't do know the next thing to do, 
just get quiet and do something. Don't yeah. stay in the same place. Absolutely. I think that's, um, and for me, that is definitely something that I do whenever I find myself in self-doubt. Like I don't allow myself to become insular in that self-doubt. Instead, I'm like, okay, what can I, like, how can I connect? How can I plug into others to like kind of almost drag me out of my own self-doubt? So I love that even though you were swimming around in, I don't really know what's next. Oh my gosh. You -hmm. just kind of put it out there. And it's a funny story. It's a funny story because I remember that exact moment in my life. And these all become parts of your story. So for me, I remember what was happening to you at that moment because we worked it into your story and it was such a transformational time. But for me at that moment, I was still working my day job teaching. I I had so much stress around me and I was getting audited in my teaching work. And so it was just hours of work. At the same time, I remember they were breaking down a cement bridge and they were doing this between the hours of 11 at night and four in the morning. Oh my God. So I wasn't sleeping. And on top of everything, um, the, there was this government census where they were, they were going through people's utilities and they turned off our hot water. (laughs) And so I was cold showers, not sleeping, really stressed at work. And I was just like, Lord, there must be another option. And so it's so funny to look back on those times because that was a really transformative time for me. It's when I really moved my business to, I started the motions that moved my business to full time. And so, yes, then I never went back to that. But it's, it's funny because your story is your strength. And so, in those times of of difficulty when you can when you can reach out and just do something to move yourself forward even if you feel like there aren't enough hours in the day in my experience that changed everything for me and i know that when we started working together and we really connected um you went through some huge oh changes gosh. in your business as well <laughs> yeah. i mean that that whole period the writing the book thing was just like it was like it um it was like it almost stirred up all of the things that I was writing about. So, you know, that book was about my life being rather mediocre and and it was called Memoir of a Mediocre Life, you know. So it was like uh, it, it stirred up all these stories because I was really diving into my big story of failure. And it just, it was like it just, it was like it was like a, um, I don't know, I can see this image of, in my head of like a stingray or something like floating on the bottom of the water, just like murkying it up as it travels along. That's what I kind of felt like diving into my story was doing. It was kind of like just stirring up all the shit. And and it was cathartic too, because as I was going through the process, I was actually having these, I could remove myself from the story too, because I could actually see it was literally a story. You know, it wasn't Uh just like you had an arc. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it was just like, oh, hang on. Okay. This isn't actually who I am. This is just like things that have happened to me. And there's a story to this. It's not, um, it's, it's not the, it's not really, it is. And it's not the fabric of who I am. You know, it's like things that I've done, things that I've experienced the insights that I've learned from that, but that doesn't mean that that has to be my story moving forward. And it really felt to me like as I moved my way through this, the 
things really changed when I finally got the book out into the world, you know, like the writing, it was the, stir- the stirring shit up. But when I actually was like, oh my God, it's finished. And it's now, cause we both know that it, it wasn't just a process of me writing it and baboom, babing, it's in a published book. It was a really painful, <laughs> um, process, which led me to end up releasing it just as an audio book. But in doing that, in getting that work out into the world, rather than just it sitting, gathering virtual dust on my hard drive, actually getting it out into the world allowed me to finally close the chapter on that shit. And, Mm. and that was like, just so amazing. And that's the thing. And working with you was so amazing too, because that's the reason that it's so transformative because you start to see your life as a story and you become the author of that story. And the thing that I remember so much from that time is that there was a moment of huge doubt and then shortly after that all of these dots started coming together you you were launching this new program and you were called to you all these opportunities popped up so there were really beautiful synchronicities and I think it's so nice how you put it so you were you were looking at all this stuff that had happened in your life and you did you released it Mm. and you changed like your story changed so much and it was so inspiring to see that, you know, that moment where you were doubting the path that you'd been on. And then all of a sudden, like within weeks later, it was one of those manifestation stories where I'm like, I can't believe it happened to me either. And it was so beautiful. Yeah. And I think like it's important to also recognize that just, you know, writing the book, it it, it doesn't finishing the book and getting it out into the world doesn't mean that I'm free of that creative process, you know? So it's like mm-hmm. when I, when I create, it's like th- there is this process that I go through and I've spent a lot of time looking at this recently. So it's like I start out, have the idea, it kind of goes through a bit of a filter. And if it's a goer, I kind of get out there and start it. And then there's no stopping me. So I'll just go hell for leather, get this thing kind of created. But then there'll be this point where I do hit up against myself and it's like smack bang, straight into a wall, self-doubt, you know, and then I just go in this like kind of almost dark place for a little bit where it's like every Uh creation has this like dark night of the soul attached to it in some way. What can you do? (laughs) What can you do? And I think sometimes that dark night of the soul part, and it doesn't have to be like this huge traumatic thing, But there is this period when we're in a creation process, whether it's, you know, knitting a freaking scarf, writing a book, creating a course, whatever, you know, making a podcast, um, whatever, whatever it is, there is this point where we kind of look at the thing. And for me, my creative process is I look at the thing and then I'm like, oh my God, this is shit. Like I've got to pull this all apart and put it back together. And, you know, um, And everyone's creative process is slightly different, but I feel like it all has that kind of like the arch of the sunshine. You know, you got the summer Uh of your creation and you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. I'm feeling like I'm in the sunshine. And then we kind of come into this like winter of the creation and eventually we come back around to the summer. But I feel like a lot of people uh, give up when they hit the winter. Exactly. And that's why there are people around to help. 
And another, and one thing, and I'm going to totally misquote you on this, but this is something so valuable that you bring to the process that, um, you try to move faster than your critic. Yeah. And so you really, and so, and maybe that's why that happens is, so you've taken the action, you've, you, you get the idea and then you move really fast so that, so that it starts to be created. And so sure, it's inevitable that when you're, when you're running, trying to outrun your inner critic, something might catch up to you. But the good side of that is, that when you take that fast action, just like my putting myself into the internets and, and randomly <laughs> connecting with you, like, because I'd taken the action, I'd kind of already thrown myself over the fence. And so had you. Mm. And so by outrunning your inner critic, you're, you're already in the motion. You already have the momentum. And so when you do smack up against that wall and hit that self doubt, well, you're already going and, yeah. and you're already attracting those. So it's a slow down rather than a complete mm -hmm. stop. And I feel like exactly. it's the same, you know, it's the same process whether you're, um, you know, even in painting, like the hardest part is actually like slapping the paint on the canvas or actually yes. coming up with the idea of what you're going to create or being in a place of trust enough that you can just pick up a paintbrush and start painting and trust what comes out. You know, so it's like, I think like having some awareness of your creative process is really, really, um, it's important to have that kind of awareness so that when we do come into that point where our inner critic or whatever it is, our judge or uh, whatever mm -hmm. is kind of chasing us around <laughs> in our creation, when it catches up, we can kind of have a bit of dialogue around that and be like, oh, I'm aware that you're here because I'm in this part of my creative process. And, you know, and I, I know the, um, I, yeah, I know it's like, you know, Liz Gilbert talks about fear coming in the car, oh, but yes, you, we all, wonderful. yeah, we, I mean, we all have the critic with us too. So when, when they're in the car, it's really about opening dialogue with these parts of ourselves and being like, yeah, I, I can see you're here to protect me from, you know, rejection and embarrassment or humiliation or whatever it is that you're here to protect me from. Uh, I'm now an adult and I'm just creating. So, you know. Shut up. A and bit. that's something. Yeah, that's one reason that I love what I'm doing now, because as I said before, I was teaching at a school. So I was a school teacher. And I have to say that now that I that I work full time as an author coach and I really do this and run this and love it. I look back at my life as as a teacher, the seven years I spent teaching. And in a certain sense, we do not teach you that in school. We do not teach you to objectify that inner critic. We kind of become that red pen. Um, yeah. And we and we really build it up. So the fun thing um, that helped me move from my day job as a teacher to working full time in my business was energy work. It really helped stabilize and steady everything. And so that's what I do now. And Lord knows we do not learn anything about energy work in school. So that's why it's so fun, especially as an ex teacher to, uh, to talk about now. And so I think when you're, when you're working through that process, I'm about to release a course about manifesting through the chakras. So. That's basically if you've ever done yoga, if you know um, different spiritual, uh, the Vedas and different spiritual texts, they talk about the chakras. And so it's a really fun process that I've been teaching about how you work from the crown chakra, getting that inspiration. Then you get it into your imagination or the third eye. You start uh, 
having that vision, then you take it into your throat chakra, you find your voice, love it up in the heart chakra, have that creative process, then you edit it, finish it in the solar plexus, birth it out into the world in the sacral chakra, and then you find your audience and connect with the root chakra, which is so awesome. You like you don't say this fully, but I remember when you posted in my group about the way that you connect with your audience is through this medium. You do podcasts yeah. and you did the audiobook. And people just thought it was awesome. You got so many responses right away because you found the perfect, authentic way to put your voice out there. So yes. Becoming aware of the process is something that I'm getting into deeper and deeper as my business develops. Yeah, totally. And we were having a really interesting conversation the other day about the chakras, right? About, um, yes. how like I was saying, uh, that, that with, so with, so basically for anyone who isn't as woo as me or Emily, yes. well, as us, as <laughs> yeah, we, as, as we. we are, um, Chakras are kind of like these in, invisible energy centers. And there's like, uh-huh. depending on which, um, you know, depending on which, uh, what would the word be? You know, which, which, uh, path you follow, which, wh- what your set of beliefs are, there's basically seven. And, you know, they start on your crown chakra. Some places will have one above your crown chakra, but it's basically your crown. Where on top of your head, there's an energy center at your third eye. So in between your eyebrows, your throat, your heart, and then around kind of your, um, chest. So heart. Did I say heart? I don't know. And then there's like your power center, which is your solar plexus, which is like in the middle of your belly kind of thing. And then you have, um, your, how many have I gone through? Have I done base and root? So then you have like one where your creativity and all that kind of jazz grows in your, um, base. Uh, I can't, hang on. I've, lo- I've lost all the words. And then root, totally. which is I'm where they burn. I'm here for you, babe. I'm here for you, woman. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got the, you've got the crown, which is your inspiration. Yeah. Then you move it into imagination. Uh, or intuition is your too. Voice. So your Heart. third eye is about intuition as well. Yeah. And we're going down. Solar yeah. plexus is your power center, as yeah. you said. And then, um, the navel or sacral yes, is, sacral, uh, that's what I was forgetting. Creativity. Yeah. yeah. And root is when it survives and it's on its own. Yeah. So we were having this conversation about how some in women, apparently, I'm, I'm not sure because how I don't, I don't know the science behind it, but apparently, uh, women's, women's chakra systems turn in the opposite direction to men. So essentially that means that when we're creating anything, it comes in through the crown center and goes, Uh has to go through our head. So it comes in, the idea lands into our head. It goes through all of the stuff in our head. So all of our self doubt and all that kind of jazz here before we can give it voice. And then it still has to move through our heart and feel okay for us and then we have to come into our power, which can be really kind of intimidating as a woman. And then we can create and birth, right? So that's the yes. way a woman's, a woman's chakra system kind of works is we move from that, from the top down. But with men, their, their chakras actually spin in the reverse. So it means that they go from bottom up. So it's like it comes in through their base chakra or their root chakra and it moves up. So the, the, the thought and the connection part 
is the last part. It's like it's it comes in and they just birth it where we have to go through all of the all of the self-doubt and all of the stuff that goes on in our head before we can even give it voice. So it's like we've got this crazy, as women, this crazy filter system going on. So a lot of this stuff never finds a home because it gets stuck in the head, the throat, you know, et cetera. But if we can get it past the heart, then it's just about kind of coming into our power, which can also be scary, and then just birthing. So... Yeah, exactly. It gets more and more physical, more and more real as it goes down. And of course, everything you just said, that's such a good way of describing it because and I get really excited about that. Because for instance, so one thing that's really been important to me is is remembering that it's not just your imagination, trust your imagination. That's so important for me. So for instance, when you're talking about inspiration and then it gets all stuck in our head when where we get worried, that's when you're not empowered in your imagination. So one thing I like about the third chakra, there might be, uh, some people kind of think of it in a psychedelic way, but really it's, it's simply your imagination. Your ability to envision what you want, your ability to imagine the life you want and make it real. And so I think it's interesting that when we're not empowered in our imagination, when we think it's just our imagination and uh, and we don't give it its full worth, then it goes crazy. Our imagination starts running us. We worry about things and we and we don't feel in control. Whereas if you have a really empowered imagination, then as it says in the Vedic mysticism, the the function of the imagination is to perceive and command. I love that. Perceive and command. So really these dreams that come into your mind, they're supposed to be made real. We talk about people as being daydreamers and, oh, she's she's all up in the clouds. But no, you're receiving these visions for a reason. They're supposed to be you're supposed to follow through. You're supposed to come into your power with your vision. And so that's really important about the imagination and using it. And so, yes, that and also how you characterized it is totally right. We all have masculine and feminine flows within us. But the masculine flow is when you're going up from the root and going up to the crown. And that's that's growth. That's considered to be spiritual growth. That's your experience in life. Those are the things you go through. And so because I because I run this program called the meaning method, once you go through these things in life, you're actually supposed to create something out of them and go back down and Yeah, so uh, it's like ascension and, and then dissension, you know? So we Exactly. Yeah, ascension, our experience, experience you yeah. grow and then manifesting, descending and bringing something, like using those experiences to make something great in the world. Yeah, that's so cool. So I've got a question. Oh, the first thing I want to say is just on that, on that creative process, on that, like, if, if that is the way the chakras work, right? As in, like, we have the idea and then it comes into us and we have all the doubt before we can then give it voice and move through those processes. I guess the, what that gave me, like that awareness of that, and also the awareness of my creative process, it, it gave me permission to just accept that that could be the way things are. So then oh, I'm not, lovely. you know, so then I'm not like going through these creative processes. It, like this awareness has literally changed, like before I wasn't really creating anything. 
Well, I was my oh, podcast and stuff like that. that. I can't no, no, I've imagine always been that. creating. <laughs> That's kind of a lie, but you know what I mean? Like I wasn't creating as much. Now I just am like, this tap is totally turned on and I'm like creating, 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 creating <sighs> because I have this, um, you know, I have this acceptance that the self doubt that becomes present actually is just part of a process. And once I have awareness of that, I'm not attaching any meaning to that. So I'm not attaching that self-doubt to mean, oh, God, maybe this isn't the right idea because so many people get stuck in that, right? It's like mm-hmm. in that first in that first instance, you have the inspiration that hits and then it hits this self-doubt center and then you're like, oh, maybe that's not the idea. Like choosing the right idea is I'll such- tell you. Yeah, the thing that I'm that people tell me all the time is they get this beautiful inspiration that's based on their experience, just as I as we were talking about. And the first thing they think is, who am I to write this? Who am I to write a book? Who am I to be an author? And so that's exactly where I take that and flip it. Who are you to be a writer? You're the person with the pen in your hand. You're the person who's been through everything you've been through. And you're the person who got the inspiration because really, it's amazing. As you develop the idea, you really see that you are the only person with your experience matched with the inspiration you have to change the world. And so that's where, because we haven't been supported in really developing our imagination the way we should. So I love uh, flipping that doubt center into a clear vision center, which where your intellect becomes more sharp, where your perception becomes more vivid and your mind becomes more focused because when your imagination is really empowered, you become more creative and you do, you become just like Carly, you become so prolific, always creating things. That's the result. It's wonderful. <laughs> and and it doesn't require, like uh, I was saying, I did a live with a friend, Callie Brown, the other day, and I was talking about, you know, that that the tap's always on, but that doesn't mean that I am. Like I'm still very much, I'm not creating all the time. I really, I really um I'm quite not protective, but I, I'm not an energizer bunny. I don't have endless amounts of energy, but my creativity provides me with energy, you know? Yeah. So, so it's not that I'm always creating. It's just that I'm less stuck in my doubt so that when I do turn on that tap, I can just like, like go idea, create, idea, create, not idea. What's going on? Who am I? idea. You know, like that, that's like, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that first kind of chakra progression where it's like idea, Uh self-doubt, idea, self-doubt, idea, self-doubt, idea, self-doubt, idea, and on and on and on. No wonder we're fucking exhausted because Mm -hmm. we're just going between the two. (laughs) Exactly. And I have to tell you what you've just uh, described in energy work is basically the conversation between your ego, which is your self-doubt, which is I can't do this, I have to be safe, da-da-da-da-da. It's your ego and your spirit energy, your soul. And so what you're talking about tapping into is, of course, uh, nobody's going to create 24 hours. Rest is a part of the natural Mm. flow and the natural wave of creation. But at the same time, your soul energy is always there to overcome the obstacles that need to be overcome. And it's your ego that starts wearing you down. So 
really what we're talking about when we're talking about doing energy work is getting that tap, getting that flow. So you're drawing from that natural energy, your spirit, your your authentic self, and and you're overcoming the blocks that come up. I know in my life, this has been not this has been important for writing the books, creating the programs, doing the things I do, and also leaving my job. Mm. I don't think if I hadn't been opening up to my higher self, opening up to spirit, I would not have been able to see the way to create this business so it would flourish and be able to leave behind that old Emily um, that was working as a teacher. Yeah. Um, so that brings up an interesting question for me, right? So, so that kind of, that kind of like idea, self-doubt, idea, self-doubt piece, I guess that would be uh -huh. a, uh, a common block that would people would find in that first transition. Mm, so common. And so what are the other kind of things that come up as we move on through the the creative process and the chakras? This is fun. So, okay, so first the one we talked about is self-doubt. And then when you get further down, when you're trying to find your voice, people are always wanting to find their voice. And here's the thing. Your voice is your authentic self. So often we get taught out of that. We get taught that looking at my grammar is more important than understanding what I have to say and I have to contribute. And so I think this is why there's this huge just kind of movement of people searching for your voice. And so I like to help people with that block by labeling your inner critic. So, for instance, yeah. my inner critic, I labeled her never, never. Because she always thinks she's never going to do something. And suddenly I saw my inner critic is always saying the exact same thing. And I always do the things I'm I say I'm going to do. And so for, for what I've uh, helped people do is to just choose your authentic voice. Choose that thing that's a little frightening to say. That you authentically mean that you're kind of dying to say. Say it and keep saying it. Keep choosing it over that inner critic that will say the grammar's not perfect yeah. your voice doesn't sound right da, da 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 and so then you really get into your own vibration and you really find your power so then uh as we go down the next one is procrastination as you're trying <laughs> to find that love and that regular uh creative practice you have the idea you found your voice and then all of a sudden, everything else takes priority. I spend so, a lot of time uh, in this in this area. Exactly. So that's where it goes down from there is yeah. that block of procrastination. And so just loving it enough to make the time. And one thing I say is faith is the way you see the solution before the solution exists. So you need to go to that cafe and write and have the faith that this is going somewhere, just like it did for both of us. Yeah. And then after that, it gets, people say it gets hard because then you're editing and finishing. And so that's a part of just still exploring and making it romantic and, and still putting love into the process. And then as you're publishing, that can be a highly emotional process. You got to stay flexible, drink lots of water. I always tell people <laughs> drink lots of water when you're publishing because you got to be flexible. You got to get yourself through those emotions. Just like a launch, this is a really emotional time and you got to be in the moment because things can be a little unpredictable. They might not work exactly, just like giving birth to a real baby. It doesn't always happen exactly like you think it's going to happen. You got to be flexible. Yeah, you have and to be flexible. Sometimes they cut out from you. And, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
you got to go with the flow, baby. And then finally finding that way to connect with your readers and connect with your audience. And that's when it's not just yours anymore. It's it belongs to the world. And so whether you connect through a podcast or social media or Amazon, finding that way to take your experience and take your story and make it for more than just yourself. And that's a super fun part of the process too. Yeah. So one thing that came up while you were talking about the, um, you know, particularly at the throat and finding your voice part, I feel like um, this is a part that a lot of people get get stuck on because, um, and and this was an area that I think I found myself stuck on too because it was like, well, what is my message? I'm not really sure what my message is, you know? And so have you got any tips for people who are at that kind of stage where they're like, I'm not really sure, like, I'm I'm writing, but I'm not really sure what the message is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's beautiful because taking action, so starting to write it down and exploring, following your curiosity, because that's the thing is with writing any book, it's not as if you're going to say yes and then 100 pages of a, a manuscript sit in front of you. That's the whole transformative process of following that curiosity. And one sentence at a time, you realize who you really are, what you have to say. And the other thing is um, curiosity and courage. Both of those uh, come from the Latin word for heart, right? Oh, yeah. And so... As you move forward with curiosity and then have the the courage to say what you need to say, uh, your message develops. Yeah. It's not – and another funny thing is when you first think of the idea, another common block is everybody else already said this. And yeah. so it's through courage and curiosity that you find your voice and you realize how specific it is. Because, for instance, with your book – or, or with my book, you wrote a book about business and I wrote a book about writing. How many people have written a book about business and how many people have written a book about writing? Yeah. <laughs> Tons of people. And it's only by having courage and curiosity to go through with the book that we realize, oh my gosh, nobody is teaching exactly what I'm teaching. The world does need me and this is my message. I mean, I started out as a teacher and now I realize that when people are finding their voice, I'm having to unteach yes. the things that were standardized, the things that were restricted, the things that were conformist. And I realize that my experience as a teacher is so useful because now I can see the things that people weren't taught and didn't learn and I can help them strengthen those qualities. Yeah. And I think it's important to highlight too, this is something that I've found through you know, my own journey of finding my voice has been that there's this element of like, you actually don't really need to find your voice. You just need to start you using it. You are your voice. You are your voice, you know, so you've just got to start need to find using you. it. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and in that, it's like, sometimes it's not your job to actually know what your voice is because the people mm-hmm. reading it they, they, they're the ones that decide what, what your voice is, you know, like, uh, when, when I, whenever I've found that it's like, I don't really know who I am. And then I go to the people that I trust to ask who I am. They reflect me back to me. 
I haven't necessarily mm-hmm. found that. I've just been being me in whatever moment that is. And then they reflect back to me and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I am a rock star. Oh, yeah, that's right. I am, you know, like <laughs> we forget. And so having it reflected. But the other thing that I want to point out is like finding our voice isn't a finite thing. You know, it's a constant evolution. So it's not like we land in this place where we're like, oh, yes, found it, winning. And then the rest of our life, we just go on with this voice that we've found. Like it's a moment by moment thing and it's a constant evolution. And it's like, you know, yesterday I I thought I thought my voice was this. And then today I've found this other element of it. And so it's like, and I think that's part of the thing with the writing the book that one of the parts that I found really difficult was the ending, you know, figuring out what the ending was because my life's still going and I'm forever changing and this book could keep going forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And the, what is the end? The day I die, you know, <laughs> it's and just like a constant evolution. So, there are so many important things that you have just said there. And one of the main things is that um, when you're finding your voice, it's always evolving. And I think that when people say, I, I realized that it was just me, that, um, that, that always sounds so strange to hear. But then as you're going through it, you're just you're transforming one step at a time. And that's when things start to come together mm. by just trying it out. And so it, it's fun to watch how a, a book develops in that way, because it sounds a little bit like those Zen sayings where it's like, yes, it's right in front of you. And so that can be kind of yes. frustrating to hear on <laughs> a podcast. Like, where? Where, <laughs> yeah, where is like, it? I can't yeah, see where? it I'm right in front of me. It. I'm busy finding it. I'm <laughs> trying. I'm trying. And then you and then you realize that it was always there. And then the other thing you said is how it comes out in conversation. That is beautiful because it comes through connecting with your audience. So, for instance, my voice as a writing coach came out by coaching you, mm-hmm. by by watching you write your book and your podcast comes out by connecting with your audience. So it's so lovely the way all those things happen. Yeah. It, and yet, that's such an authentic way for it to come out is for it to come out in conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so that, you know, that is what I am all about. It's like uh, you don't know what your voice is. So start speaking and then it yes. kind of just comes out. And then on reflection, you can figure out what your voice is. But no one really knows what the fuck they're doing. They're just doing yeah. the things and then reflecting on them and being, oh, yeah, that worked. That didn't work. You know, it's like. So often we're afraid of getting things wrong and um, things not being pretty or or right. And and it's got a lot to do with the way that our school system is, you know, the way that we learn this is right, this is wrong. And so we do carry around these really strong critics that come up at times and um, kind of derail us. So I guess maybe we should wrap up with... Uh, some like I guess some invitations for people to like where to where to from here if and and this doesn't have to be necessarily about writing the book because I I do believe everyone has a book in them but most people never go about writing it so I guess the first invitation is like if you have a book in you start writing <laughs> yes that's and actually and this is fun this is a little saying that I have that comes along 
with the crown chakra. I always say the crown chakra is where inspiration comes in. And so I always say, trust the crown, write it down. If you're getting inspired, then just start writing things down. And at first, that's going to be, you might have different scattered ideas, but one of those ideas is really going to gain strength. And that's what you're going to start to go with. And you're going to take it through the entire process. So yes, when I, and actually I have a little packet that kind of gets people started in this, in the system, uh, of, of manifesting through the chakras. But the first thing is, if you have that inspiration, write it down, write it down. And then one thing that'll happen when you do that, just that, just as this happened between, between you and I, is once you start writing it down, those synchronicities are going to show up. Like all mm-hmm. of a sudden, because you wrote it down, you're going to realize that there's somebody to help you. You're going to realize I have a community. So I love, you know me, I'm always up in my Facebook group supporting people. And so those communities show up and opportunities show up, whether it's a business or a podcast or a book. If you start to write those ideas down, that tells the universe that you meet it. And then uh, and then the, the cool little things start happening. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that is really the story of my book, right? Like I yeah. I had the intention of writing a book. I started writing it. I hit up against myself, but I, but it meant something to me. Like it meant enough to me to, you know, move through my own self doubt and eventually find you. Well, you found me or we found each other. Yeah, I don't exactly. quite know how we that works. <laughs> and, and then again, like after it sat on the shelf for like nearly a year without even me touching it going, you know, synchronistically again, friends saying to me, you have to come to Hay House Writers Workshop. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go along and they're just talking about audiobooks, audiobooks, audiobooks. And I thought to myself, beautiful. why am I making this so hard when I have all the tools just to create an audiobook? Why does it have to be a physical book. It can be for sure, but that just felt like an easy way for me to get things alive. And then it was like idea, action, way before the critic could catch up. Exactly. And then you're there and you realize that perfectionism doesn't matter for anything because it's fine. You've shown up for the people that need you and that's all you have to do. Another reason not to get lost in trying to find your voice just start speaking out what you have to say and that um and then you'll and then people will find you they'll connect with you yeah and that and that that is a practice like i say this all the time that that it's not about finding your voice it's about using your voice and that using your voice is a practice it's all a practice right like every stage of the creative process is a practice you're practicing uh trust when the idea comes in you know, well, you're tra- practicing trust at every stage, <laughs> really, but it is a constant practice, practicing using your voice, practicing honing it, practicing, you know, just practicing speaking, practicing writing, um, practicing and having honoring fun yourself. with it, making yeah. it joyful. Yes. Even when it gets oh, yes. hard. One thing that I mean, especially because I work with writers, but for anybody running a business, too, is that when you're hunched over your computer, you're actually teaching your body to hate what you're doing. You need to get up and take walks, even in the midst of all that practice, so that your body is 
oxygenated and and you have that feeling of flow and then when you go to sit down the next day you still remember it as a fun thing your body doesn't remember it as suffocating so there there are so many things you can do in the practice totally so if people want to connect with you what's the the best way well firstly join the facebook group and emily's yeah, got this it's, amazing it's a fun facebook place group. that's where the party's going on and it's called the writer's block right yes exactly so the writer's block and then my uh, website is meaningmethod.com because it is, it's the story you're meant to write. So that's why I created the whole program under uh, meaningmethod.com. Cool. So if you're interested in, uh, you know, developing your writing or starting a book, definitely connect with Emily and um, I highly recommend working with her. It's been, it was just a <laughs> mind blowing you. because you know what, like I feel like it was a process that allowed me to create the book that I felt called. I wasn't, you know, like every step of the way you were empowering me to write my book. You weren't telling me how to write the book. You were just, you know, guiding the process. And that was really important to me because it was my book. It, it is my voice. And so mm -hmm. many, um, you know, I guess that was what I was so afraid of in the process of going publishing or or working with someone was that I would lose that. And you really cultivated that. So I, I guess I just want to thank you for that. Thank you. And that's, that's the thing is it's not a, it's not a ghostwriting program. It's about you writing the book you're meant to write. And that's why I think that extra support comes in because we do so much content creation and writing for our jobs. But when you really want to dive deep and contribute the, the book you're really meant to write to the world, then it's good to have that extra support and, and be able to shape it and sculpt it and, and get it out step by step. Yeah. Because you will. Hit up against yourself. <laughs> uh-huh. You'll hit up against your real stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Emily. It's been so fabulous having you on today. Uh, it's been so fabulous to talk to you again. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for sticking around. See you next Monday. Remember to subscribe and keep good company.